I'm your host, The Wee. This is the show where every other week I'll be talking about anime, manga, and everything in between. This week I'll be talking about to finish this little series I'm making about the heron itchy magic adjacent redhead main heroine anime from the mid 2010s. To finish this off, I'll be talking about the last season of High School DXD also known as High School DxD Hero, the one anime that not only heralds, but also marks the finish, the end of the trend overall. So, before I even start, I need to give some disclaimers. As always, for the alert, we'll be talking about all the the plot in the story of the season, so be aware of that, as always, but also... I have two extra spoilers. For one, I don't know if this review will be any good, um, given that I ended up with mixed feelings at the end. I'll be talking about that, but easy to say, I don't, <laughs> I don't guarantee the, let's say, objectivity of this <laughs> review, because for one, and and this is also goes on with the second disclaimer. I may enter in a more, let's say, meta space when talking about this season. The anime left me with a whole lot of, let's say, conspiracy theories that I cannot, even if I research, I cannot confirm. But the whole thing just gave me this vibe where something seems off and and maybe I'll get too much into platitudes to explain some of it. So, the disclaimer is basically, I will make this review as objective as I can, but there is certain biases that I cannot overcome here because of the way that I see how this whole thing turns out. So, with that massive disclaimer all the way, let's get to the stat. So, High School DxD, we already went through this but just to recapitulate a bit so high school dxd was originally a light novel written by ishibumi ichi and illustrated by miyama zero published by fujimi shobo and went through september 2008 to march 2018 with 25 volumes four short stories three spin-offs and then later on the continuation let's say Shin High School DxD from July 2018 to the hiatus I don't actually know when the hiatus was I didn't read any of the light novel or manga the first three seasons of High School DxD High School DxD High School DxD New and High School DxD Born were done by TNK through 2012 to 2015 and that's basically uh, where we left off. So the fourth season here is called High School DxD Hero and for some reason and this is something that I mean it's 
something that we cannot trace back of why it happened, but the first thing that happened in the announcement of the season is that they changed studios. If you ever, if you know something about changing studios, is that for the most part, in 99% of cases, when an anime changes the studio of production of the adaptation, it's basically the death sentence. Is basically this is the last last season. This will not. This will end where it ends. If there is a continuation, so be it. But there is no no actual future for this this anime from this point on. I cannot really trace back for an example for this rule, but I can trace back the exception for it. That would be. Data Live, which had at the very least three studios making it from, I don't remember the first one, to IMS Production and then to JC Staff that is still with it, I think. But that's not the, the point I'm making here. So the first thing that we can clearly see is that the anime was done not by TNK, who did the first three seasons, but Passione. It has... 13 episodes, some people may say 12, but there is an episode 0, and the original run was from April 2018 to July 2018, uh, namely roughly one month after the um, Shimaima Ono Testament special slash movie Departures, which again, this heralds and ends the trend spectacularly let's say it's so neatly done and things went into in such a way that this really closes the um, let's say the timeline so those are the stats and now i have to talk about the plot but before that i have to do a quick side note about the opening the opening for this season is made by minami minami is a composer, lyricist, songwriter, singer, and so on and so forth. You can research that on your own. But what's important is that she's the one who did the opening for Infinite Stratos 2, True Blue Traveler. And basically that's the side note. When I first heard the opening, I was like, hold on, I have heard this before. And then I, I went into the, the my anime list page and oh boy, hold on, hold on, oh yes, it's here. And I found it, I, I thought it was at the very least bit interesting because I love Infinite Stratos overall and the openings too. And this also goes on to the first point that I want to make on this review is that I love Infinite Stratos a lot. And for the most part, when I went into this review of High School DxD Hero, I went in waiting to hate it because the only thing that I remembered from this season at all, I didn't remember the plot really. I remember that there was a lot of kissing for no reason and the the girls being in general way more, let's say, straightforward in a bad way, let's say. But also I went in waiting to hate it because it, it basically ended the, the anime overall. And that was the the bias that I went in with it. So the <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is that 
same person did Infinite Status 2, which I love, and this season, which I don't love. Funny how the, the industry works, let's say. So, after this quick tangent, let's say, let's actually get to the plot. And to be fair, the plot in this season is messy, to say the least. And I have to start with episode 0. Why is there an episode 0? And this is where we start with the conspiracy theories, let's say, and, and the platitudes also. So, episode 0 basically goes glosses over in the first two minutes about where we left off in the third season, episode 8 to 9. So... They gloss over really quickly about the backstory of Issei. They present a bit of the new art style. And the, the art style... I will talk more about that later. But the art style really changed. And they basically focus on going back until the point where Asha is transported to the dimensional gap in the third season. That basically triggers... Issei's transformation into the Juggernaut Tribe, incomplete, and also that whole fiasco where he has that shard of doubt that Loki has cursed him and Rias with, and basically that's the part, The basically the part where we begin episode 0 is when Issei has activated the incomplete Juggernaut Tribe, and then there is this whole at the point of the third season, there was this whole drama where Adias was not really accepting that he turned against her. And we had all that build up with the doubt if he loved her, if not. Basically, that uh, romantic tension between the two because there was a lot of attrition and so on and so forth. And for the most of it, so just a recap to what happened at that point on the third season on High School DxD Born was on episode 9. There's this whole drama where Issei has transformed into the Juggernaut Drive, will die if they, he doesn't deactivate it. And basically the guys have to find a way to save him and whatever. And for some reason, Vali, who is the um, white... the the White Dragon, the basically uh, Issei's main rival, appears out of nowhere and then the girls basically ask him to please, please save Issei and there's this whole thing where uh, he's the only one who can actually match up to him because he's exuding too much energy to any of the girls to hold up and there's this whole thing and basically there's this drama there and then there's a whole another episode just to get Asha back from the dimensional gap and then there's this, the whole build up where Rias is kind of in doubt because of her feelings for Issei and the whole end of that season is a whole mess but and a lot of things happen at the same time but uh, basically the, the one thing that, I, <laughs> that it boils down to is that they retcon the whole end of the third season. So, in this new timeline, in episode 0, what we see is that Issei activates the Juggernaut Drive, kills the, the demon that was behind the whole get, uh, get Asha transported to the dimensional gap kind of deal, 
for some reason, a random energy blast from Vali comes down into Issei without him actually being there for some reason that just happened. And Issei's powers are basically divided by a lot, so he stops exuding that much energy and so it becomes kind of feasible to get near him. And in a matter of literal seconds, Irina comes out with a with a special speaker. For some reason, the Opai Dragon song that appeared at the end of the third season is basically played there. So it basically retcons that into being like something they they already already have done prior to the to the raiding game, if you remember the whole setting. And not only that, but also with that song. Uh, for some reason, the valley appears in the underworld, coming from the dimensional gap with Asha on his um, on his arms, basically. And basically, the at this point, they basically fast forward the three episodes altogether. Not only that, but Vali goes there, uh, basically divides the um, powers of Issei a whole lot more after the blast, without much, uh, let's say, bargaining from the girls. He just, oh yeah, I I gotta help him for some reason. Yep, one second, I, I'll just go there and do it. And he does it. And and then that all together, Issei with the, um, within still the Juggernaut Drive, he starts uh, wanting boobs. And the girls come to the conclusion that the only person that has the special, I'd say the special boobs that Issei likes, is obviously Rias, and so she's basically, I'm not sick. it's not actually a coercion, but is somewhat of a peer pressure into going there and having her boobs touched, which at this point, they do it because it's cute, but come on, right? Like, back in the first season, she almost threw herself at him multiple times, one time almost being the time, and like, why though? You like the guy, what the fuck? And, well, the thing is, <laughs> internal consistency is not the main fort of the this series, but just to say, this first uh, episode zero is just to retcon the end of the, end of the season three, so there's not the uh, Issei versus Rias fight at the end, which was for the most part, a really hard thing to swallow. Not that it was not canon, and this is a point that I want to make. I don't know if anything that happens in this season or the season are canon, really, because, again, I did not read the light novel or the manga. I don't actually think the manga covers all the light novel, but that's not the point. The thing is, I didn't read the light novel, so I cannot say for certain if this is canon or they just went with whatever. And so I don't actually know whether one thing or the other is the right thing. I don't know if there was the fight between Riaz and Issei in the light novel or not. Or if the this cop-out retcon is the, the right thing. I don't know. I don't know if who fucked up was TNK or who fucked up was Passione. The, that's not the point, but even then, the 
I have conflicting source material to see because I don't actually have the source material, but you get what I'm saying. The, the retcon comes in really, I would not say badly timed, but it's not well explained why this, this is happening. Later on in this season, the, this kind of gets me into a certain spot where I need to explain, uh, I need to at the very least acknowledge some things, but I'll get there when I get there. So basically, episode 0 ends up with they get back to Earth, no, nothing happens, that whole thing where uh, basically the lock influence that happened in the third season that led into the transformation of Issa into the Juggernaut mode, the whole fear, doubt, the thing implanted into them, the, the curse that Loki put on into them at the end of the season 3, that doesn't exist here. Orpheus appears, uh, Ouroboros, Dragon, whatever, she appears at the underworld when they are there and they basically rescue Issei, but there's not that part where she takes the um, that black miasma that he had into him and destroys it, so uh, basically they they retcon that out of the story. The, the Loki's influence at the end of the season didn't happen. That's where that's where we are. And then the episode ends with the sports festival and Asha reaffirming that Issei likes her and kissing him and whatever, whatever. So from this point on, the season actually starts with episode one and basically what happens this season and it's kind of a mixed bag but i want to gloss over it just to talk about the the later things that happen really and also my opinion overall because this whole season left me not not speechless but really confused on some things so the first six episodes of the season uh, this season basically has two major arcs and for the most part, the second arc is really, really lighthearted. I don't actually know why, but it's really, really nice and comfy to watch. It's akin to the to the first season, for example, but it's not so much that it has like that end of season rush kind of deal. It is more lighthearted than that and I think that is due to the studio's influence rather than the story influence really because they actually hint out that there would be a next season or whatever but not really that I'll get there when I get there so the first major acts from episode 1 to episode 6 it's basically the second years, so Issei, Zenobia, Asia, Idina, and Kiba go to Kyoto in a school trip, and they have basically at the beginning it's a normal school trip, but then they are attacked by the yokai that live in Kyoto. For some reason, the what can I say? The one that directs the whole yokai community is a QB, a nine-tailed fox. And her daughter, Kuno. So I don't actually remember the name of the mom. So we are, we are just going to say the fox mom and the fox daughter. Or Kuno, what? Fox mom, because I don't actually remember the, the name of her. So basically, Kuno, the fox daughter, attacks the guys 
because she thinks that them they kidnapped her mother but actually that didn't actually happen and a whole lot of things happen whatever whatever then we discovered that actually a uh, different faction from the chaos brigade the the faction that the group that vali is part of that wants to overthrow the three powers that they have the angels the fallen angels and the demons the group that wants to overthrow them that have two factions so the valley faction they don't actually give their name and the hero faction that are the the guys who reincarnated the souls of heroes so for instance the main bad guy for this first arc is a guy who inherited in japanese they call him soso but um, the sub is cow cow from the three kingdoms i never read the romance of three kingdoms so i can't really give any input on that but for the sake of this i'll follow the english translation so it's cow cow he is the bearer of uh, the true longiness it's a magical spirit that can kill anything and so he's your stereotypical bad guy why he wants the why he kidnapped the QB is because he wants to and this is a really really complicated plot to follow the idea is that he as a human hero he wants to test himself in killing gods and basically magical entities and so the one guy that he wants to kill is the great red who's uh, the other red dragon outside of of the welsh dragon the, the big red lives in the dimensional gap and so he wants to call him out into the material world let's say and to do that he needs a qb infused with all the key from kyoto plus magical powers for some reason just to call him out and try to kill him so he kidnaps her to do that and obviously why do they need to kidnap her to do that because one she doesn't want to do that two maybe me and will bring destruction to the town and three because she'll probably die doing that they being said they kidnapped her and so it becomes a thing for say to basically fight on and free the fox mom and also he befriends the uh, he befriends kuno the fox daughter she's really cute and the whole thing basically uh, hinges on this save the fox mom and don't let her die that being said uh cow cow is really strong his companions are actually really strong and i have to give a side note here cow cow has four companions one of the companions is the magician that doesn't actually appear much i don't actually remember his name but that's not the point the guy is a supporting character and but the other companions are the girl who inherited uh jean dark's soul one guy that inherited heracles soul and then one guy who inherited siegfried's soul and now I have to give the side note. Siegfried, the, the guy who's Siegfried, I don't remember the whole names and whatever. But the, the guy who's Siegfried 
his design is straight up oh my god so until i think yeah on the third season of high school dxd there until the third season of high school dxd there was this one character that was like a rogue exorcist priest that was a, basically a maniac a joker character let's say that was uh, Frido. I don't actually remember that if he had a surname, but basically the the jokester that allied himself with the fallen angels in the first season killed Ashia, almost killed Kiba in the second season because he wanted to wield the three Excaliburs fused together, and then in the third season he becomes a monster and actually dies, or so we think. Uh, in the fourth season, they basically got this Siegfried guy to have the same overall design as Frido. And this is not really me saying that. I mean, there are changes from the third to the fourth season, but in the, let's say, in the translation, you can clearly see that it, it is the same guy. It is the same guy. Less many, less, let's say, maniac prone, less joker adjacent but this design of the character is basically the same and following the example of the second season he wields multiple swords with magical with magical powers so from that alone you can infer that they just reuse the design i don't actually know if this happens the light novel but again and at this point and glossing over the de details, really, they fight these guys, and for the most part, everybody is defeated except for Issei that is almost defeated, but not really. And at this last, last moment, he unlocks this new power, and, and he. this is a, a nice thing that happens, I think, that he has this internal, let's say, this internal journey meeting best users of the sacred gear that he has the red dragon emperor and it's it's kind of nice it's kind of oh it's something that adds to the story it's really it's cute in a way and basically he unlocks this new power that he summons his let's say i i think the the original intent if we were talking about let's say a normal Red Dragon Emperor, it would be the summon of something that gives them power, so it would be an artifact or something like that. In the case of Issei, the one thing that he summons is Rias, and this is pretty funny because at that point in the story, Rias has been a supporting character at best in the season because she like appears on episode serial. So once she appears for a little little bit and whenever she appears is with Akeno and Koneko that cannot go to the field trip with them. And just to give a quick commentary and then we go back to them. So at this point Riaz is summoned and as always Issei pokes her breasts and gets a power up. And this time he gets a power up so big that he can now change forms of his armor to match up with the evil piece that he has so if he becomes uh he promotes into a rook he gets like super defense and super attack if he gets a knight he gets super speed 
and he gets a bishop, he gets a railgun on his back, two actually, but still. And at this point where Kaokao is really uh, strong and overwhelming at him, to him, he turns the tables basically and eventually gets one good hit in. Even though his companions try to defend him, he gets uh, Issei gets one hit in, and basically it's a revenge plot flag. Basically, then after he discovers this new power, Dias just appears, and this is a really funny part. Really, Dias appears, gets her breast poked, and then just zoops out of there. The fox mom is saved, and then they go back to Tokyo. Normal stuff from then on. That's the first arc, basically, the, the Issei unlocked a new power arc. And then we get to the second arc. And the second arc is really slow on the uptake. They really take their time into... Because, for the most part, it is filled with, not to say filler, but it is really peppered with these light-hearted rom-com itchy style of episodes that we had back in this first season that maybe the third season was less less generous with this second arc begins really generous with it they at the very least we have let's say the equivalent of two episodes of of pause from main battles to get some a rom-com comedy kind of stuff in and some edgy too but edgy at this point is just part of the story and so the second arc is basically this whole hype around Arias and Issei as now the famous Opai Dragon against and I will butcher his name Sairaoge that is Arias cousin that is the best young devil in the rating games so that those kind of team games where they fight it out and if you get knocked out you get knocked out into another room because the they fight in another dimension or whatever so th there's this whole hype where they build up this whole tension and Sairaoge has dreams and the, the backstory he ends up being and this is way more lighthearted than anything that came before it. Basically, they put Sairog as a, another rival for Issei, but not in the way that, for example, he has with Fali, that he's the white dragon and Issei is the red dragon, and they are fated to fight. But Sairog is more of a battle of will, let's say, because Saroga has his dreams and basically they clash a bit with Issei's and for the most part it's a health rivalry but the whole thing is they end up fighting in terms of raw power so much so that their fight is basically them trading punches outright basically the second the second arc is just this huge hype around this fight and then in the meantime where there is this hype there is also this conflict that happens internally where we see parts of the end of the third season poking out again where Rias 
gets that insecurity around Issei. And for the most part, Issei basically just does the normal main character of a heron kind of deal that he dances up as a rock and Ichika moments, let's say. And basically, he hurts uh, Ria's feelings for the same reason, because he doesn't call her Ria's for the most part, he just calls her Pucho or President. And basically, the, the whole there's this whole internal conflict and whatever. But at some point, the fight takes precedence in the storytelling department, let's say. And so they push forward with it until we get into the um, later parts of the fight where basically they start a raiding game everybody gets thrown out eventually the so Ria's family starts uh, with a huge lead but after some time Akenos is defeated Koneko is defeated Gasper is defeated and then the ones that remain Rose Vice, Akiba and Zenobia all team up to try to weaken Cyrog for once because they know that Cyrog is really powerful and so the, the whole thing just comes down to as you would expect into a fight between Cyrog and the let's say the last pawn that he has that is equivalent to 8 pawns so basically you would say that he has generally equal power to Issei and Diaz and Issei. So basically that's the fight. The pawn of Cyrog is revealed to be the Nemian. I don't actually know if I am pronouncing this right. Nemian Lion from the Greek myth. That basically he is a sacred gear transforming into a human. That can transform back into a secret gear whenever they need it. And basically they fight... They have a, a touching moment when it appears that Issei will win, but in the meantime, the lion has more or less knocked out Arias, and so the whole thing comes to this point where Issei wanting to have a real fight with Sairaoga because they have this healthy rivalry that they want to actually fight it out and really fight with full strength and whatever. When it comes down to it, Sairoga basically wears the Nemean Lion and be something like Issei's Balance Breaker. And then they fight it out and the fight is a whole... It's a whole show. I would not say it's well animated, but it's a whole show. And eventually Issei wins with... Uh, I would not say a distinctive lead, but what becomes important at this point is that the one thing that pushes Issei forward is his love for Arias and they force it out really badly but basically he declares her his love for her on national television for the demon realm and so the, the whole thing is televised and there's the public there and but the whole thing is a, is a spectacle and they fight it out it's fun Issei wins and then later on we get the obligatory actual declaration and the keys at the end of the season. The end, end of the season basically hints at uh, maybe another season, but I mean, <sighs> at this point, I enter in my opinion in the notes about this anime. And at this point, I, I need to get it out to everyone 
because I need to say this. We live in a world now in 2023 that an anime from I think more than 10 years ago has received a second season. I'm talking about The Devil is a Part-Timer. I don't actually remember the Japanese name, but you know what I'm saying. We live in a world where that received a second season. If I am to be optimistic, maybe there would be a fifth season of High School DxD. I don't know if that will happen, probably won't, but there is this possibility. As much as there is the possibility of the third season of Infinite Stratos. But again, we are in a year where Painting Stalking have announced a new project with Trigger. And so the last thing that will die is hope. So here's hoping that we have the fifth seed. So let me get the notes out. So before I talked about how the, the art changed, right? With the change of studio, the art changed a lot. And I mean a lot. And, and this is the thing. If you watch the 10K animes from when they were doing High School DxD, you will notice that High School DxD especially had a thing to it. The art was especially made for them, let's say they, it had personality. You could see it and say, this is High School DxD. I would argue that Passione gentrifies the the art style, it became really, really more akin to, let's say, normal anime at this point. I cannot explain how, but you can clearly see the difference in, in art style. The eyes lost a lot of a lot of personality, especially. Uh, one thing that jumped out to me, let's say, is that apparently, and I cannot confirm this really, but it does seem like that the boobs of all the girls have become more extreme, let's say. So it, if the boobs were big, they became bigger. And if the boobs were small, they became smaller somewhat. Ashi may be the exception for that, but uh, maybe, I don't know. The This is where I get into my platitudes and the philosophy talk that may not be to everyone's taste. So, at some point, and this is a thing that I try to do every time I review an anime. One of the rules of subject analysis is that you need to dissect the subject to its bare, to its bare components so you can actually analyze it without the external factors or factors that are input from, the exter from external sources that you cannot uh, predict or control. What I'm trying to say is that if you review, for example, music, there are multiple elements of a given song, but you can always dissect each of them without the presence of external factors. But overall, the review is about a given song considering all those components. And music may be the best example here because for the most part each song is is different even if you give acoustic versions they are different and whatever what i'm trying to say is that an anime at some point as a multimedia piece of media is not easily dissectable 
let's say, because you have to consider a whole lot of things. You have to consider art, animation, plot, script, song, music, overall, so opening, ending, insert songs, theming, and so on and so forth. Theming may, may not enter that, but you get what I'm saying. The, the components already are so complex that they the components themselves have components so it's really hard to actually dissect it really well what i'm trying to say is that at some point anime as a piece of media it becomes a concise thing so for instance if i say to you for example what is the one piece anime you will think of a given art, a given animation style, a given song or mix of songs at this point, and the voice actors, and whenever we talk about it, you will remember all these things. So, what I'm trying to say is that given voice actors are always the same characters, they will be remembered by the same characters. An anime will be remembered by the art style, the animation, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. What I'm trying to say is that when they changed the studio for High School DxD, nothing really changed much, outside from the opening and the ending, but that's by the by. But except for the art. The art became something different and really took something with it when it changed. So it lost a lot of its character and as I've already said, a personality. The I don't know, it became more generic in a way. I, I do not mean that the art is bad or the artists are bad. That's not what I'm saying. But for this instance, for High School DxD, changing the art was not something that helped it. If, if anything, it just muddied it up a lot more. And clearly, this is not something that was preventable given that the anime changed studios, but still, with the changing art, the, a whole lot of things can already be inferred. What, I'm, what I can say that I really liked is that they maintained the main cast overall. So everyone of Ria's family from for Azazel, uh, Rose Weiss, uh, even the guys from the Wonderworld, so uh, Ria's brother, her nephew, her mother. Her dad doesn't actually appear in this anime at all, in the season at all, so strange. The student council president, neither, which is strange because Saji appears and it is dubbed by the same guy, but... Um, the thing is, whole the whole thing changed the looks, but not the sounds. Even the insert songs, I think, are maybe the same with a few additions. And this felt really strange, because at some point, the, watching it, I just thought, I hear what you're saying, this might have been a thing that TNK could have done. But at the same time, why did you change the, the art style so much? They, they lost so much in it. And the one example that I give that, that I think that people overall will, if they choose to watch this, and then we go back to the fact that I don't actually recommend nobody ever watch this really, because this one specific, if you like the first trilogy, you will probably not like this straight up because it killed the enemy. But that's not the point. 
the one example that really shows that the anime changed a lot, it lost a lot of personality, is with Lady Setafall, the older sister of the student council president. The Leviathan hair, let's say. She appears in the first arc, the Kyoto field trip, because she's like the mediator for the demons with the yokai. And when you see her for the first time, at the very least, this was my impression, they really, I'd say, dumbed down her design. She became really generic. I was like, who's this? And then I heard the voice and I was like, hold on, that's Leviathan? Like, what the fuck? And this is for what's worth a thing that happened, let's say. The whole thing just really became this more watered down, boneless, let's say, high school DxD. And this is majorly the one hard, hard proof that I have to say that this killed the anime in the eyes of the public. This extinction of the personality in the arts, the, this whole thing. And not to say that the, the style doesn't match up with the theming, let's say, or the, the source material for that matter, but uh, at that point you cannot like betray the audience that follow it to here. like what i'm trying to say is that if something killed the anime in the eyes of the community was the art style first and foremost this this was the the first bullet if there were multiple bullets this was the first one now the second major note that i have here is that the retcon is the second bullet really the I don't actually know why they did the retcon. It's basically, and as I said, they extinguished the whole idea of Loki's curse and whatever from the, the third season here, and basically grabbed the arc where Arias has a doubt for her feelings towards Issei, and Issei has a doubt towards Arias' feelings and whatever, and really they put it under another arc for and basically used it as a, as a catalyst to give him a power up which is not strictly bad but they they basically repeated the same theme again i mean i know that they retconned the ending of the third season but still third season was the way it was and you already retconned something why are you repeating again and this goes on to my to one of my conspiracy theories and i had to stop here to just kind of rewatch the ending of the third season maybe that was meant to be the end of the the anime overall and and i found that strange because at the end of the third season there is this whole implication that there will be a fourth season and at that point you would say yes that there will be a fourth season made by TNK and whatever. But things didn't work like that. They gave, they passed the, the torch to another studio and whatever. And then it became this question where if they pass the torch, why is the new studio doing a retcon? Who ordered this? Like, this is really strange. Because for, um, in a plot standpoint, you would think that all the seasons are connected. The First season leads into the second, that leads on the third, which leads on the fourth. And we can infer that the third season and the fourth season are connected, but 
the lead that the third season left to the fourth is not really followed. They grab a part of the third season and redo it for some reason. And, and that felt really strange. And this gave me an overall off feeling the whole time I was watching it. Like, where is this leading? Why did they do that? Did they really need to do that? I mean, was TNK the real bad guys all along? <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing left me confused, really. And here's the thing, right? The next point. There was this feeling also, and I noticed this at the second arc mostly, but in the first arc this also appears. Anyways, they reference some happenings that don't actually are shown to the public, which was really concerning, let's say. They do show some flashbacks at some point, but some, um, especially at the very end, they mention Fafnir's crystals or something like that. And I was like, where did this come from, really? Like, did this happen? When, when did we get this? And... Not only that, but they also use a lot of flashbacks to, as I said way back in the Symphon Gear review, basically flashbacks are for, for the most part used to not introduce the whole scene, so you can just say something really quickly, show kind of something happening and then think that that's done. And they use them a lot on this season to reference some things that don't actually are shown to us. Which led me to think that actually this fourth season that we are watching, that for all intents and purposes and the sake of this discussion, is the last season, this was not meant to be the fourth season. I think that we would have gotten another season before this one. I don't know if the Sidaoger fight is the last thing that happens in the light novel. I don't know if the Kyoto field trip is the second to last thing that happens in the light novel. But for some instances in this season, it comes out as maybe a lot of things happened and we didn't actually see. Which would lead me to believe that there are a lot of off-screen happenings that actually happen in the, in the source material that are set up for what's happening here that I'm seeing and I didn't actually see, which translates into there is plot that is not being explored in the anime, which could have been, but was not explored at all. So, again, I may have lost everyone here at this point, but this is basically to say... I think this was not meant to be the fourth season. I think we had at the very least one more season and then this one. And just in the things that they show in the flashbacks. And things that could have been better explained at some point. For instance, a whole lot of people that are mentioned at some point in the story don't actually appear. Again, it, it is really strange that Saji that is the pawn for the student council president family appear and for some, let's say, for some instances take the major lead for his family and the actual king, queen, the actual leader of the family doesn't actually appear. I think that was some kind of problem with the voice actress, but I cannot confirm that. It is my headcanon. I 
don't know if that is what actually happened but again at this point i have so many conspiracy theories about this whole thing that it doesn't really change anything so basically the um, whole season feels off the implication that the opai dragon song and show and whatever becomes a hit with kids is really concerning because if you sit back and really look at it in an objective lens i wouldn't want my kids to do that i don't think anyone will but i don't know it's it's kind of when it matters it's kind of cute they they do a thing in the in the last little bit in the fight between Issei and Sairog where Issei is basically almost transforming again in, into the Juggernaut tribe and then the, the kids start yelling and cheering him up and it's kind of cute really and uh, I mean it's messed up but it's nice I don't know and this leads me to the last remarks of this whole thing and, and this is the thing right I talked in the beginning about how I went into this with this bias waiting to hate on the this whole season like yeah this is gonna be horrible this is what killed the anime overall so I will not like this I remember that I didn't like it and at some point I, I just started ignoring the art I think that I just let it sink in and just follow the ride I, I mean for one a whole lot of scenes I was just following from the audio really I just knew who was talking and what they are talking about and for what it matters the whole thing boils down to this could have been a normal season of High School DxD but the art is all wrong the one part of this subject that I'm analyzing that is is missing or is messed up is appearance the other parts are intact and you may you may say that for anime appearances like 70% of it and yes it may be but at the same time you the feeling is right there the essence of high school DxD that confidence of watching it and just turning off the brain a little bit and seeing some nice fights and boobs and fights and boobs it kind of is there still I, I don't know I may have gonna be too far here I don't actually so just to close it out again talking about a bit of the script because I feel like I need to address this it feels like the, the girls are really straightforward in this in this season for some reason they I don't actually know why but I think it's a build-up to say that Diaz is especially pissed off because all the girls always go forward with Issei and Issei always accepts the, the let's say the, the advances but he never advances on her especially and whenever she advances she's just one more I don't know if that's the intention but maybe and now to the more technical stuff so talking about the art the art is overall okay again I have to deduct points for losing a lot of personality I don't know, maybe maybe someone like this, but I like the original trilogy too much to throw away that signature art style. So, yeah, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. I don't. 
that's it. The music. The insert songs are mostly the same, which is nice because I, I like the, the orchestral kind of instrumental classical stuff they do. The positioning of the songs are not really that well done, but still. The animation especially I have to, and this is a thing that I noticed, when it counts they did a really good job, but whenever the... Um, it was more of a filler episode, an HC scene, um, rom-com kind of comedy stuff, or romance really. Lip Sync especially was off. I cannot say it's terrible, but it felt strange. Animations are kind of mixed, really. In the last fight between Issei and Sairaog, uh, you can clearly see where they chipped out to animate some things. You see some recycled frames. And not noticeably, what I'm saying here is more of things that I personally look for, or let's say I pay attention to, not everyone will actually see that. And the opening, really nice, made by Minami, nice. And the ending is so-so, I don't, I don't know. The graphics though, the, the things that happen in the, in the ending, pretty nice. Not as nice as the first ending, because the first ending is unbeatable in my eyes and my ears, but it's close, it's close, it may be the second best. And overall, that's it. The This anime heralds, and uh, like this is the fourth time I'm saying this, this heralds and ends the trend of the harem magical itchy redhead heroines trend from the mid-2010s and from here on out and this is a bit of housekeeping before I wrap this up uh, I will do in commemoration for the announcement of the new project from Painting Stalking the next episode will be about Painting Stalking I don't know if I can actually review that because that is a really strange anime to review and then I have two more on my bucket list that I need to review. And from then on, further developments may become later. But that's it. So if you like what I do, if you like the show, if you like this rant that I do, thank you for listening. Uh, please like, please follow, please share, please subscribe, depending on the platform you're in. Please join the Discord. If you can share with a friend, um, getting there, I need suggestions to animes and things to review so if you can also again i did a special episode with the guys from the animaniacs beef and limb and they are podcast only they are available on the all the platforms i'm currently on if you want to listen it in my channel or their channel the links are all there so Again, thank you for listening. I hope you stick around. Bye.